I drive zero RB in Dynasty. Pass up a young receiver? Nah, I couldn't be me. My fifth wide receiver, and it's only round seven. Not sure if I'm dead, cause I think this is heaven. Now forget what he said, and listen to me. What you really wanna do is stack those RBs. You can be Linda, just let me be frank. Those RBs on your roster is money in the bank. One says it's awful, the other says it's great. It's time to buckle in for a dynasty debate. Welcome and welcome and welcome in episode 86 for the Dynasty Debates, the best kept secret in all of Dynasty Fantasy Football. I am your humble host, as always, Evan Brown, the humblest host in the biz. You can catch me on Twitter at FFEvanLution, like Revolution, but with my name at the start of it. You get it. You've been here. You know what you know the score. You can follow the show at Dynasty Debates, or you can drop an email, dynastydebates at gmail.com. So you there are many ways you can get in touch. Let me know what you like about the show, what you hate about the show, what you'd like to see more of in the show. Let us let us know. Let me know, I should say. Um, guys. Today is going to be awesome. I have a super awesome special guest, first time visitor, all the way from Canada. It is the one and only PFF insider himself, John Macri at PFF underscore Macri on Twitter. Not only is he an analyst for PFF, he's also a writer for PFF Fantasy and host of the Big Nickel IDP podcast. So a man of many talents, master of all from what I've heard. Uh, John, how the heck are you, buddy? I am doing good, Evan. Thank you for that uh, very kind intro. Definitely uh, blowing up my ego a little bit, um, but happy to be here. I, I appreciate you taking the time to to have me on and uh, get to talk uh, some fantasy football and and yeah, and some PFF as well. So it's uh, it's exciting. I, I think I can uh, cover what we're looking for here today. No, I'm excited to get some of that insider information to unlock some of the mysteries of PFF. PFF stands for uh, Perfectly Fantasy Football. Is that correct? Exactly. That's exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so PFF is one of those sort of interesting things. I'm going to like dig into it a bit here with you. Obviously, you're from Canada. So I take it you're a hoser then. Is that what your preferred title is? Hoser? Yeah. Yeah. Local hoser uh, that covers the football. <laughs> hoser, eh? Writing oh, all yeah. those articles, eh? About that foosball. Oh, sure. But have a couple brews and talk about football, hockey, you know. Oh, I the Stanley Cup, eh? That's going on now, eh? Sure is. Sure is. So we've got a real-life Canadian, and he is going to be telling us all about the American PFF and the American football. So, And we're talking in, based in a show in Northern Ireland, so it's a very international flavor. So wee-wee oui, oui, to all my French-Canadian people listening. Um, bonjour. Thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in. Macri's big up north, big in the in the in America light from what I hear. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you play IDP as well. So not only are you into PFF, which is all about like the nuts and bolts of like real life um, actual NFL football and college football, but then you write for fantasy football for PFF and you not only play fantasy football yourself, but you actually play and do a podcast 
for IDP, which is, if people don't know, um, individual defensive player, which is like the de degenerate of the degenerates, really. Um, I mean, it's like one step above Devi, but it's like definitely two steps below normal, like uh, uh, just a normal dynasty player. So unpack that a little bit for me, if you will. How did a Canadian hoser go from just following the, the, the hockey to covering, you know, American football, playing IDP and doing his own podcast? I mean, how did that happen? So, yeah, I, I mean, it did, it definitely started with with hockey for me, um, as most Canadians do. But just as I became a hockey fan, I started to become a sports fan in general, um, casually watching football and then kind of delving into uh, fantasy football now, like, oh, man, maybe like 20 years ago, I guess it is. It's it's getting it's getting up there. Like while we were in high school, we started oh, playing geez. fantasy football. Um, so so got into it that way and then just became obsessed with it and and football started to graduate to become my my favorite uh my favorite sport and um have been obsessed with it ever since so um I've does that always mean been... you're like are you have you been like have you been outlawed in canada canada <laughs> for like for dis disassociating yourself with the national sport and now embracing american football are you do your relatives still speak to you some of them do some of them have called me a traitor uh a hoser? Have, yeah <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt anyways. No, that was no, interesting. Keep going, keep going. Yeah, no. So um <laughs> I forget what I was saying. But yeah, basically just getting into fantasy football and um kind of starting to do my own research and 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 things like that. And actually one of the the main sites that I would use for a lot of my research as we got into like IDP, especially was PFF. Um, so I I was a real big fan of PFF before I even started working there. Um, and then eventually applied for like a data collection position. Um, and uh, I started doing that part time. And uh, Jeff Ratcliffe, who was our fantasy director at the time, uh, was taking applications for the fantasy side. And I, I applied and, and wrote up uh, an IDP piece for him, which he liked. And, and he took me on and uh, been doing that for the last three years now. You make it sound so easy here. Like, it's, it's oh, an abridged yeah. version for sure. I was just, uh, you know, having a couple of beers, eh, and watching the football. And then uh, just uh, threw out an application, eh? Next thing you know, there I am working for PFF, eh? Yeah. So, look, let's let's get into this a little bit more here. So, PFF, obviously, is massive. Um, how long have you been, like, so was this your first sort of dabbling in the industry? Was straight into PFF? Or did you work for any other companies and kind of work your way up uh, to working for PFF? Because I would sort of, from the outside looking in, I would assume that PFF is one of the bigger, you know, more quote unquote legitimate sort of companies out there for sports stuff. It's so massive now. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it, every, every off season, what they do is they open up um, hiring for, for potential like part-time or contract um, positions to do basic data collection. And it's kind of seen as like a foot in the door uh, for the football industry type of entry level job. And uh, that that's kind of where I started while I was still working full time. I, I took on this extra position where um, I could learn about learn more about football and kind of do what PFF does. And, and it started that way, basically um, working a few games on the weekend, live Saturday, Sunday, uh, doing a little bit during the week as well as as like coaches film came in and, and we have different processes for that. So uh, it, it, it just basically started, um, I guess that that was probably four years ago and and just kind of building up my 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 knowledge and uh and skill set within the company and and kind of getting more opportunities that way so um uh, there's a 
a pretty large collection of part-timers that that contribute to our, our data collection. We're at like 500, 600, something like that right now. Um, and, and the way that uh, you get a full-time job is basically proving yourself as, as a part-timer and, uh, and outperforming, you know, the, the entire, uh, class and then every the other hosers, have, the other hosers that are out there, uh, <laughs> um, and getting a chance to, to impress the bosses basically. So I was able to do, uh, to do that. So, and are you and you and Chris Collinsworth are like this, then you guys are like best buds. I wish I, I, <laughs> I wish I, I've never met Chris. Um, he's done some video calls with us, which has always been nice uh, to see. But Chris is he's he's, he's enjoying uh, semi-retired life at this point. Um, basically, just doing the Sunday night games, and he pops on every once in a while. But uh, he's his son actually, uh, Austin Collinsworth, is is starting to take over um, as our uh, our leader, basically. And he's your best friend. So that's how it works. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and you and to be fair, so just to be clear, then you and you went from a part time gig while you were working and doing stuff to where now this is your full time job, like you just work yeah. for PFF. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Let's so, go. Yeah. Yeah. Loser. Uh, well played, it's, sir. Yeah, it's fun. It's uh, it's watching football all day and a, a lot of data collection, which which I enjoy, luckily. <laughs> um, but in season, it gets pretty crazy. It's uh, it's it's a lot more work um, in season, sure. but luckily the, the NFL season is only a few months long. And then uh, we have a pretty decently sized off season to kind of uh, relax a little bit more. That's awesome, man. That's really cool. So there you go, folks living the dream going from just the local Canadian town hoser to being best friends with Chris Collinsworth and working full time for PFF. <laughs> it is possible. Don't give up on your dreams. Believe in your dreams. Yeah. There you go. That is the sound clip um, that we're going to be <laughs> using. <laughs> um, so tell me then, you obviously said you got into it through fantasy football and then obviously really involved. You're really, you know, kind of deep down the rabbit hole with IDP. Mm-hmm. Was Did you start out with IDP or was this like just an a, evolution of like your love of the game? I would say pretty much we I started with IDP. Like we played, I think, one year of redraft fantasy football and like our, our group of friends that that started doing it in high school. And we enjoyed it so much that we immediately jumped to pure degenerate status and, and started like a full dynasty um IDP roster. Uh, so it was like a 45-man roster uh with all IDPs, all uh offensive players and uh, just <laughs> getting into it that way. We even included punters in the beginning, but we, we ended up hating them. So we, we kicked them out and, uh, and just stuck with the IDP. So I've uh, been doing that for quite a while. And yeah, it's, it's, I, I have a hard time joining any league that isn't IDP at this point. Wow. Yeah. I was going to say like, is that sort of a, you just, it sounds like you're kind of hook, line and sinker, just all about the IDP life. So do you sort of, with your work with PFF then, do you mostly focus on the defensive side of the ball or do you get to sort of look at both sides? So for data collection, it's both sides. Um, Just depends on what the process is. I'm involved in different ones. So two specifically that I guess focus more on defense is looking at uh, defensive coverage schemes um, and so, and a little bit of quarterback play as well in there, but 
um, mostly for the most part, it's it's a combination of the two. But for fantasy purposes, it's uh, just the defensive side of the ball for me. Nice, nice. Well, if you haven't guessed already, this episode is going to be about really two things: using the word hoser as much as possible, yep. and also talking about PFF and how it relates to fantasy. So, I think we've got a little snapshot about John, who he is, and what a stud he is, um, and what he does. So now we're going to transition, and we're going to just start talking about. PFF, what it is and how it relates to fantasy football. So I hope none of you are vegetarians out there because John is going to be getting a grilling like a good steak. The main event. Fight. So first and foremost, we've talked about PFF. Apologies to any listeners who maybe don't know what PFF is. I can't imagine that there are many of you, but PFF, you know, actually stands for pro football focus um but what what about obviously you're the guy that you guys you're the you're the best friends with chris collingsworth you know him you're you're you know what this is all about you work for the company so just talk me through if you don't mind sort of like at a uh, an eagle eyes view of just an overview of like we've talked about grades we've talked about data collection what does that actually mean what does it you guys actually do and the final product where you know we see these numbers that's like 84 or 72 like what is that actually how where does that come from what does it mean and how do you finally get that yeah, so that's a good question. And yeah, like you said, for for anybody that doesn't know Pro Football Focus, it's uh, uh, one of the most universal, universally beloved um, uh, data sets that, that exists out there. Nobody ever has any issues with PFF grades or anything like that. It's there's there's never any argument over the grades. Um, Company man. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. No, there's there's always, always arguments over the grades in, in public uh, on Twitter, I guess it is. So, um, but yeah, much to uh, the, basically the way it works, much to the surprise of um, PFF's biggest uh, detractors that are out there, it actually starts with the film. Um, so we, we get live broadcast film and coaches film every week uh, that are massive team of data collectors that are referenced um, of full-time and part-timers alike are going over across uh, I guess it's nine different processes that we we collect data on at this point. And then uh, we do a first run of that and then it's reviewed and then back checked against other processes as well. So there's, there's a lot of eyes on each process and on each play uh, for every single game, which includes all NFL games and every single college game, including the FCS um, as, as we go through the season. So we, we have three live processes that we do. Um, that we're collecting basically as much live data as we can from the broadcast footage. Uh, so it's like basic play da- data, um, player participation data, what which players are on the field, what they're doing, um, the basics of what they're doing, and then first run of our grades as well, um, which then get reviewed multiple times by our more uh, senior analysis team, which consists of a lot of um, like former players, uh, Bruce Gradkowski being our like our quarterback charting lead. Um, uh, different co- uh, former coaches and and just great football minds uh, in general. So that's kind of where it all starts and basically trying to uh, collect as many data points that we can then sell to NFL and, and college teams uh, as possible. And, and we do have a massive database of, um, of data, of, of data that, uh, that we can skim through and, 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 NFL teams utilize uh, on a regular basis as well. So every week they're, they're expecting that data to be turned around to them pretty quickly so they can uh, use it to prep for their, their opponent the next week. 
and that's really fascinating that you bring that up because I think sometimes people forget that this data that you're talking about is actually utilized by the NFL, by NFL teams. So it's not just, you know, we can get so focused um, from a, you know, consumer perspective and, and from a social media perspective where we can almost think that PFF exists for us, you know, but it's almost like a secondary, you know, really it is a secondary sort of thought or reason for being um, is because ultimately I'm sure the money, the main money that you're getting is from the NFL, from college and things like that, because they're going to be paying a lot of money for that information. So you have to get that turned around really quickly. And also something I wanted to ask you that I think is really interesting and I find really fascinating is, you know, when you're specifically there's lots of different facets of what you do. Like you said, you talk, you know, you, you kind of chart all these, like how many times the player was on the field, how many snaps did they play, what formations, all this kind of stuff that NFL teams and stuff can use. Um, when we look at it as consumers, a lot of times, for example, one of the first things that our eyes are drawn to obviously is the player grade. So, you know, that number, that magic number between one and a hundred. And one thing that you said there that made me, I actually wanted to ask clarity on is, you know, you obviously start out maybe as a part-timer and you get into it and you start charting and things like that. And you give your in analysis on like, this is how I would grade this play or this game by this player. And then I assume from what you said, if, am I right in saying then that's sort of like cross checked by a more senior person. So there's probably two, maybe three different people always checking each other's and, and double checking and triple checking each other's work. Um, is that fair to say? Absolutely. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. It's, um, it's, it's reviewed by, by usually multiple people. Um, a lot of the, the tougher kind of conversations we have about certain grades, we kind of, we will, we'll use in like meetings and stuff like that to kind of go over as a team and get different thoughts kind of combined, uh, to come up with a grade as well. So there, there's definitely a lot that goes into it and a lot of, a lot of eyes that, that go into those grades basically. Yeah. And that, that's really interesting and really fascinating because like you said, sometimes, you know, and, and to be fair, I mean, we'll talk about this later maybe, but I don't think as many people have problems with the actual PFF grades. <laughs> I feel like people have problems with like the PFF. PFF social media team. <laughs> like, right. yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll be honest <laughs> with you. I feel like sometimes they say stuff or do stuff that's purposefully like, like uh, controversial or something, you know what I mean? Um, and maybe that's just their, their strategy, but the actual grades, I'm not sure a lot of people, I don't hear a lot of people being like all the, you know, the grades are crap or they don't make sense or anything, but it is really nice to hear. And it's reassuring to hear because one thing I thought was, well, at the end of the day, it's not just, it's not a computer algorithm. It's not some computer, you know, pump, pumping out these grades and, you know, we're caught, these are humans, these are people. And that's one thing that, you know, there are people who maybe who, if they don't like PFF as much or they have a problem with it, they might, you know, throw that out as, um, you know, a reason to not like it. They're like, oh, this is just some person watching film. I can watch film. I know what I think, blah, blah, blah. And that's neither here nor there. I'm sure there's a lot of talented people who watch film and everything. But one thing that you said that I think is really, really good to know is it's not just, oh, this is John Macri's opinion, you know, of this IDP player. And that's why he has an 83 grade or whatever. It's actually your opinion cross-checked by so-and-so's opinion triple checked by this dude who used to play cornerback in the NFL, you know, something like that. A lot of times, you know, not saying every single player grade is, you know, triple checked by an ex NFL player. But I think what your point that you're making and what I really find really reassuring is 
yes, these grades aren't the be all and end all. They're not perfect, but it's not really like, well, John just had a bad day at the office last week and now he's got, you know, flipping Derek Stingley Jr. has got a 73 grade when he should have an 84, you know? So it's, it's kind of like, there's a nice system of checks and balances and there's a really good, also it sounds like there's a really good senior leadership there of people who aren't just not again, not that there's anything wrong with this, but they're not just these hosers from Canada who, right. you know, have like learned on the job, but they're guys who may be coached in the NFL or maybe in the CFL or at college level or played at that level. They have a real solid understanding of the game. Um, and again, you know, I, I was joking, obviously. I mean, you have a really good understanding and you've learned a lot, but it's nice. I think it's reassuring for people. Uh, consumers to know, well, actually, you know, this isn't as simple as just this is Evan's opinion or this is John's opinion. This is probably three or four levels deep before they actually put out a grade on a player or something. Because the actual, am I right in saying that? Yeah. 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 For sure. I think PFF kind of gets this rep of like uh, nerds living in their mom's basement. Those are the ones coming up with the grade, the grades that have never touched yeah. the field before. Right. So um, exactly. And I think that's, what's really great about this conversation and conversations like this is, you know, and I was joking about it on Twitter. I was like, Oh, PFF insider, you know, he's going to spill the beans and stuff, but you know, there's nothing, it's not like anything that we're talking about is not factual or not like, you know, the truth. It's not like it's even hidden. It's just the fact that nobody really knows or nobody talks about it. And there's so many people from the outside that don't take the time to figure out what exactly is going on they just make up a um you know an argument or they have a problem with maybe it was a certain player that they didn't like that had a high grade or vice versa a player that they love that didn't get a good pff grade and therefore they're just salty about it and so they're you know they're just gonna you know they're just gonna you know find out find reasons to discredit what is actually a really amazing tool and it's been growing like leaps and bounds i mean i've noticed even in the last couple years you know, you can't watch an NFL game anymore without them throwing out PFF scores and grades and talking about where they stand amongst PFF, you know, athletes and, and teams and all that kind of stuff. So I think it's definitely, definitely. And obviously there's the Chris Collinsworth connection, an ex NFL player who owns it now. Um, so that's going to be a tie in, but if it wasn't a quality product, I don't think the NFL would be really interested in it. You know, at the end of the day, like they're, they're big money. They're big time. They don't need to mess around with these Mickey Mouse organizations. You know, can't give them proper data or proper quality insight and stuff. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think that was a really interesting conversation, and I really appreciate that insight because I really, honestly, only started using PFF myself this year because. One thing I think a lot of people notice is that it can be really expensive, you know, for just the average user, if they're trying to get like the whole, like all everything, you know, which obviously I don't even have everything. Um, you know, I just literally found they were doing a really good deal actually. And I forget what it was even called. I think it was around the draft and it was just like, you know, Hey, we're doing this really great deal. And I get like access to the PFF grades and the articles and stuff like that for, you know, I don't even remember what it is, but it's like $36 or something crazy, you know, when normally it was like a hundred or 150 or something mm -hmm. like that so it was a really really good deal um but it can be quite expensive but again i guess it's what you get what you pay for you know what i mean like you're getting this really quality information that is literally being utilized by the nfl for their coaching for their resourcing for their kind of game planning so if you want access to some of that it's going to cost money you can't just get that for free what are the sort of best hints and tips that you have for people who maybe want to dip their toes into PFF and get a bit more knowledgeable, but maybe they don't have this massive budget where they can't afford to say, oh, I'm going to pay $300 or something for, for something because I'm just doing it for fantasy or I'm just doing it as somebody who's interested in it. Maybe they're not even creating content. Yeah. So I think like if you, if you want to use it just for fantasy purposes, I think the there's, there's two subscription um, uh, levels, right? So that the, 
the first one is our PFF Edge subscription. So that gives you access to everything on the website uh, as far as like articles and things like that. And it sounds like that's the one that you have as well. So you can see player grades on there. Um, the, the more expensive one is our PFF Elite subscription, which gives you, uh, which uh, is called our Premium Stats 2.0. And that's all the advanced um metrics and data that we that we put together and, and collect and, and also sell to NFL teams. So that one's definitely more expensive. Um, there's nothing else really out there like it uh, in the market as far as uh, that many data points for that many positions um, every single week that that is released. So that's that I think that's kind of why it's a little bit more expensive. But I would I would recommend the edge one for a lot of people um, that are just doing it for fantasy or want to learn more about the NFL. There's a lot of really good articles by our content team um, kind of describing or and explaining what, what the grades are and why certain players uh, are graded the way they are and, and going into detail just through the articles and stuff like that. But our fantasy team, Ian Harditz, Dwayne McFarland, um, uh, Nathan Yonke, they all do a really good job uh, at the, it putting incorporating all that data into their their fantasy articles so you could definitely find a lot of nuggets uh in there as well which you can get with just the edge subscription and then rankings and projections and stuff like that as well yeah definitely no i mean that's that's been my experience for sure is that you know i think you're right i think that makes sense the edge i think that is the one that i have and it has been really helpful and there's definitely a lot of tools that you can use obviously i am very covetous of that larger subscription when i make it when i get the bag when i am a you know a john macri when i'm best friends with chris collingsworth i'm sure i will get you know an elite subscription like that and i'll be able to look at all those things and i'll just like you know drool over all the amazing things that i can study all day every day but yeah the 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 tools that you get for that price and they do run little like sort of um you know little discounts and little you know kind of around draft time i think around when the season's about to kick off there's little times of the year where they'll sort of run a subscription you know kind of discount and you can get a little get in for a cheaper price and it is pretty reasonable especially considering all the stuff that you do get um one thing i did want to touch on before we move on was we've talked about player grades and we've thrown that out there but again maybe just as from an expert just to break it down so my understanding is that it's from one to a hundred. Like that's the player grade scale. What's the low, just out of curiosity, what's the lowest grade you've ever seen? Oh man. <laughs> have you ever like seen like this guy's a three? <laughs> yeah, I have. It's usually, oh, no. usually it's like an offensive lineman that just gets whooped on every single play and it, and they're only in the game for a handful of plays um, because they're quickly taken out because they're such a liability, but that's usually where it comes <laughs> from. Um, is oh, no. like, it's one of those like offensive linemen that just gets destroyed uh, on basically every play that they're out there they they earn like a like a three overall grade it, it's brutal some I, I can't remember that is horrible i just assumed that like the worst grade you could possibly get was like a 40 or something you know but that's pretty bad um yeah. w- what about then so obviously you're you're alluding to the fact that you guys do grading for like just one specific game right so you'll say like hey for for uh you know week three this is the grades, you know, like this dude got a, a 38 and this was a 70 or whatever. So it's not just season long grades. It's like weekly grades. Yeah. Um, has there been anybody like, what's the worst sort of like, have you, have you, what's the worst sort of season long grade? Like, dude, this play get this guy played like a majority of the games this season and he got like a 22. <laughs> well, I mean, just like I, I could pull them up and, and 
there there are some there are some bad ones so looking at yes uh, yeah, yeah insider info put we'll, them on blast we'll name names here um so jalen mayfield who is a guard for the atlanta falcons uh earned a 27.6 overall pass blocking grade last year oh, um, no. on 622 snaps so that's that's a large <laughs> sample size uh not very good and when you're looking at like true pass sets, so that's taking out uh, screens, RPOs, uh, play action, things like that, where the offensive line isn't asked to drop into like a true pass set. Um, pass his pass blocking grade was an eleven point three on two hundred and forty six <laughs> snaps. So, but Jaylen like, Mayfield, like just for just, again, just for people's like, again, this is one like zero to one hundred is the scale. Yeah. So, like, tell me somebody that's really good. Like, pull out somebody that's really good at that position. Like, tell me what their grade was, just to compare. Yeah. So, just to compare, Joe Tooney, uh, who's also a guard for for the Kansas City Chiefs, earned a ninety point five pass blocking grade <laughs> last year. Okay, uh, so he's he played nine hundred and fifty six snaps last year and oh no uh, a, a big difference there <laughs> do you find do you find like players who get bad grades are they like salty about pff or do they like kind of say crappy things like oh pff's a bunch of nerds yes. you know like that kind of way and then guys who get really good scores are like yeah pff's pretty cool <laughs> yeah yeah that's that's exactly what it is actually none of the players like pff when their grade is bad but when their grade is good they're they're happy to share it and retweet it and and, and things like that and uh we definitely get like players that reach out in dms and stuff too and ask you know why is my grade like this and and you know you guys don't know what you're talking about stuff like that it, it, it that that's a pretty common theme but i mean you know these they're people too right so if you see that you know you're trying to earn a living and somebody's grading you as the 27.6 you're probably not (laughs) going to be too happy with bff because that's public knowledge now right oh no yeah that is harsh yeah that and this is the thing is that you know obviously (laughs) this is the tough part that pff analysts and and as a company have is at the end of the day you're trying your best yes it's a number you're trying to put an actual number on a performance and tell people um you know how good or bad that performance is really like when you compare it to your peers and stuff so you know i think that's the hard thing is that sometimes you know because you're looking and and am i right in saying i mean again this is my understanding that you guys look at every single snap every single player plays in every single game so it's not like oh yeah we think he's kind of a 27 it's like no you've literally watched every single snap he played in the whole season after all those 600 and odd snaps and that's where he got his 27 yeah exactly that's that's exactly what it is it that's why our team is so large um on the data collection side is because it's literally every single snap from from every season right so yeah uh, it, it takes a lot of uh <laughs> a lot of work a lot of watching to to get to these grades but um it is i think to get the whole picture it has to be done on a snap by snap basis i think a lot of people watch yes. like highlights and, and low lights of players yeah. so they, they get an idea that way but you're not getting the entire picture right so yeah um, absolutely yeah exactly and i mean if you think about you know because i do um you know film review in the you know once the season ends so getting ready for the nfl draft i went through and you know i have my own little grading thing you know obviously probably no I don't, I want to say, I'm not going to say it's similar to PFF. I don't want, I don't want Chris Collinsworth coming at me, but like, you know, I have my own little thing that I do a set of checklists that I watch and you know, all that kind of stuff. And I think I graded out about 60 players, um, you know, for me personally for like, and I only, I didn't do IDP. So I, I play IDP. We're actually in a league together. Um, but you know, I, I, 
I definitely didn't. I did quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, tight ends. Um, you know, but again, because I'm doing 60 and I'm one person and it's not like it's my job, I probably watched three to four games average of each player. You know what I mean? I didn't sit and watch every single game they played, every snap they played of their entire college career, which is literally what PFF is doing. So that's what's so fascinating about it. And ultimately, that's why it's such a valuable tool. Just going to press pause on the conversation there. I think we've covered a lot of information about PFF, about John the Hoser, um, and how the two work, how everything you know gets broken down, and give you a lot of information about PFF, what it's about, and how valuable of a tool it is. So I don't want to make the episodes too, too long. So we're going to go into uh, part two here later in the week where we actually talk about, now that we have a good understanding of PFF, how it works in the grading scale, um, how does it correlate to fantasy football or does it correlate to fantasy football? So hopefully you've enjoyed this. I know I am. We will see you back later this week for part two of this conversation. I drive zero RB in Dynasty. Pass up a young receiver? Nah, I couldn't be me. My fifth wide receiver, and it's only round seven. Not sure if I'm dead, cause I think this is heaven. Now forget what he said, and listen to me. What you really wanna do is stack those RBs. You can be Linda, just let me be frank. Those RBs on your roster is money in the bank. One says it's awful, the other says it's great. It's time to buckle in for a Dynasty debate. <laughs>